I'm visiting all 30 stadiums in one season to uncover the hidden stories that make baseball America's pastime. Rounding third with Manish Jane. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jane. Today's episode, the Toronto Blue Jays and the Rogers Center. The Jays have the distinction of being the only Major League Baseball team who play their home games on international soil. Maybe that'll change one day. Maybe Montreal will get a team back. Maybe Vancouver will get a team. Who knows? With the success of the World Baseball Classic, maybe we expand globally and put teams in Mexico and in Puerto Rico and Cuba and Japan and just have an international league of Major League Baseball. I don't really see that happening. So for now, Toronto, you are carrying the torch for the rest of the world. I used to live in Detroit, Michigan, and when I would get stressed out or, or depressed or sad or just need to clear my head, I would oftentimes cross the border and go have dinner in Canada and just drive around for an hour or two aimlessly with really no place in particular to go, but just to, just to drive and enjoy the Canadian crisp air. I did it so often that you know, crossing back, back and forth between the border became pretty easy for me in a, in a pretty quick and painless act. That was, however, <laughs> when I only had myself and nothing else really in the car with me. This time, however, I had my entire life in the back seat. <laughs> I, honest to God, had completely forgotten about how much stuff, how I had suitcases packed and bags of, of baseball bats and balls and just uh, coolers full of fruit and water bottles. It looked like, I mean, it looks like I'm living out of my car. It looks like what it is. I am living out of my car. I, for whatever reason, been doing it for three months and it must have slipped my mind. So as I'm sitting in the Border Patrol line patiently for about a half hour, 45 minutes, really not too long, I get to the, fr- I get to the front and the patrol uh, agent just kind of looks at me quizzically and says, I'm sorry, well, why is all your stuff in the car? And I say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing this 30 stadium tour and I'm heading up to uh, see your lovely stadium in Toronto. And uh, apparently this agent was not a baseball fan because <laughs> she just looked at me and said, I, I, I don't understand what you're doing. And I was going to have to pull over and get out of my car and go inside and answer a few questions, which I was happy to do. Once I got inside the immigration offices, <laughs> they asked me once again what I was doing. And I told them once again, I'm, I'm doing this 30 stadium tour and I'm visiting all the ballparks and Toronto is next on my list. This time I was greeted by a whole list of baseball questions. You know, what's your favorite team? What's your favorite player? And I thought, oh, great. I found a baseball fan. You know, let's, let's chat back and forth. We'll get into it a little bit and then I'll be on my way and it'll be smooth. And as I was answering these questions, I realized, oh, I'm an idiot. They're asking me questions to see if I'm actually a baseball fan, which I was like, oh, these, these are really basic, simple questions that even the most basic of baseball fan would answer. But luckily, they did not keep me very long, and I proved my, my baseball nerddom, and I proved that, yes, I am, in fact, coming to your country with my entire life in the backseat, 
exclusively to go see a baseball game and I'll be turning back around and driving to Boston right after that. So everything went well. The Rogers Center was really never high on my list of stadiums that I wanted to visit or anticipated visiting. I mean, like I said, I lived in Detroit for years and I never made it all the way up there to catch a game. Maybe it's because of the AstroTurf, maybe it's because of the Dome, I'm not quite sure, but it just never really spoke to me as a stadium that that needed to be visited. It's the last stadium on my tour that has a retractable roof. And I promise I'm not going to go into yet another retractable roof rant, but I will say that I was very anxious as I walked to the stadium that I was going to close my tour with yet another game with a roof over my head. I was staying with some family friends in Toronto, and their apartment was close enough to the stadium where I was able to walk there as opposed to drive or take a cab. And on the day of my game, halfway to the ballpark, it started to drizzle. So, of course, I start to panic a little bit and start praying to the baseball gods, please, 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 I've got two more games left, this one in Boston. If you could just move the rain just one day, please, I I would love to catch this game with the sky over my head. I get to the stadium and I stand in line and lo and behold, the roof is closed. I look up, the roof is closed, it's, it's starting to rain a little bit harder and I resign myself to my fate. I say, all right, that's fine. I'm sure there's going to be other aspects of the stadium that I can enjoy. The Rogers Center is one of the few stadiums left that is multi-purpose. There's football played there. There's soccer played there. There's baseball played there. It's a stadium that welcomes everybody. Now, the problem with that is when you have so many different sports occupying your space, it's hard to really represent anyone in particular. It's hard to honor anyone in particular. At the Coliseum in Oakland, they've done a pretty decent job of representing and and honoring former A's greats and Raiders greats alike. They've got plaques on the wall. They've got pictures, et cetera, et cetera. They They have some sort of reference to their sports lineage. At the Rogers Center you are first greeted by a statue from Ted Rogers, the former owner of the Toronto Blue Jays before he passed away, and the current namesake of the Rogers Center. And that's it. (laughs) There's one statue to Ted Rogers, and I couldn't find anything else. I couldn't find any murals or articles on the wall or bats or balls or World Series trophies. It's like 1992 and 1993 didn't even happen. I saw no references to Joe Carter. I really didn't see anything that said Toronto Blue Jays. As I walked around the stadium, it just, it felt like a shell. It felt like a rental complex. Like, all right, here we have this giant space, so we'll rent it out for your little baseball games, your football games, your soccer games. But then as soon as your game is done, pack your stuff up and get out and leave so the next person can come in. It was like a reception hall. There was no pride in their teams. And that's a shame because I've met some some awesome, uh, what are they, Torontonians? Someone will correct me out there. People from Toronto who absolutely love their baseball team. I met people from all over Canada who drive hours, seven, eight, nine hours 
Because essentially the Blue Jays are Canada's national team at this point. Yes, the people out in Vancouver, you've got a lot of Mariners fans, and you may have some Yankees fans and Red Sox fans sprinkled all around, but the Toronto Blue Jays are Canada's team. And I met some amazing fans that absolutely deserve better. They deserve a stadium that can represent them. Because, yes, we all know that that Canada's national sport is hockey, and baseball is never going to be as biggest hockey up in Canada. And that's fine. It doesn't have to be. No one's asking it to be. Baseball is no longer the number one sport in America either. It hasn't been for some time now. doesn't stop people like myself from still loving it passionately. And so for the people like me who live up in Canada, who are just as passionate about the game, if not more, they deserve better. There's a lot that I like about the Rogers Center, but I'm never a fan of a franchise that doesn't seem interested in honoring its legacy, and remembering its past. So I'm not sure what the reasons are. I'm not sure if there is some sort of deal with uh, the current owners of the Rogers Center that says you can't have any type of memorabilia because we have different teams coming in. I don't know if there's... I'm not sure. I I don't know what the the rules are, but the bottom line is if they're not going to let you put your stuff up on the walls, maybe it's time to go and get a new house. And maybe this time... Get a house that's got some natural grass. Because I'm looking at you, Tampa and Toronto. Let's get it together. Enough of this AstroTurf nonsense. The only thing that irks me more than watching a ball game with a roof over my head is having to watch professional ball players navigate how the ball is going to come at them from AstroTurf. Watching visiting teams come in and try to take infield practice and figure out how this ball is going to skid or, or bounce or, or move faster or it's just it's there's no reason for AstroTurf in 2013 but that's enough negativity for me I want to say something that I absolutely loved about the Rogers Center and that is their new installation of their three-tiered windows concourse which took the place of the windows restaurant that was formerly in center field the standing room only section that they now have in center field are absolutely tremendous There were many points during the game where I wanted to get up and and go walk towards the standing room and just catch a couple of innings from there. Now, the reason I didn't, we're going to get to a little bit later. The reason I didn't is because of who I was sitting next to during this game. I have a really fun interview to play for you a little bit later with a young girl and her boyfriend who were sitting next to me. And these were a couple of teenagers who this was their first ever baseball game. They were not baseball fans. They got these tickets for free. They had zero idea. They knew nothing about the game. And myself and several people in in our section spent the entire nine innings basically teaching these young pups (laughs) a little something about the game. It was so much fun. It was so awesome to talk baseball with these two young kids who... Honestly, I don't think they came to the game expecting to have a good time. I think, to be honest with you, they came expecting to maybe drink a little bit of beer or uh, eat some ice cream and then leave in the third or fourth inning. But we kept them there to the very end, and by the end of the game, we had them out of their seats yelling and cheering and screaming along with everyone else. It was, it was a lot of fun. But it was because of that that I wasn't really able to explore the stadium as much as I would have wanted to. Normally on this tour, I always like to 
take an inning or two and take a stroll around the ballpark trying to get different views of the of the field and just try to get a get a feel for where some of the best views are in the stadium and the best seats in the house may or may not be but I didn't want to leave my seats during this game I was having just way too much fun talking to these young kids it reminded me that my absolute favorite thing to do in life something that I can do over and over and over again and it never gets less fun is either taking someone to their first ball game or meeting someone at the ballpark where this is their first ball game and being able to just see their reactions and live vicariously through their experiences and to be honest, just to watch the look on their faces and their eyes get wider and wider and and them get more and more into this game that just an hour earlier or even 15 minutes earlier, they couldn't have cared less about. A game that I'm sure they told other people, oh, baseball, that's boring and dumb and stupid. You'll hear it in the interview. The young lady that I spoke to had a very low opinion of sports fans. She had a very specific idea of, I believe she called it a cult-like behavior. You know, she's a young kid kind of learning her way in the world and I think she sees sports fans as this collective group of alpha male idiots who, you know, without thinking, very hive-minded-like, just mindlessly cheer on grown men hitting the ball with a stick with no real purpose. And while there might be some truth to that sentiment, by the end of it, she was a part of the hive. <laughs> she, she was cheering and yelling and screaming and... and she asked more questions than I ever could have imagined. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Sorry, I, I'm overusing the word fun, but it, that's what it was. It was really a, let's call it magical experience. <laughs> but before I play the interview that I did with these two young baseball newbies, I need to circle back around to before the game started because I didn't tell you about the best part of my experience at the Rogers Center. I got to the park early, as I've done 28 times before this one, and it was raining, and the roof was closed, and I was very disappointed. When the gates opened up, I headed inside, and sure enough, the roof was still closed. About a half an hour, 45 minutes went by, and I was snapping some photos, and I was eating my pregame meal, and doing all the rituals that I've become accustomed to at this point. And about an hour before first pitch, after I downed my absolutely delicious but very, very messy top sirloin sandwich, I made my way to the restroom just to wash my hands real quick. And from the time that I walked into the bathroom to wash my hands and then left, I looked up and I see the roof is starting to open. And I make a beeline for the stands and grab my my camera so I can try and snap a couple of photos and I look up and it is a beautifully perfectly sunny day with not a cloud in the sky I don't know what happened but the baseball gods were kind to me on this day because all the rain all the drizzling all the clouds that were above me a short time ago had now gone away and I was going to get to see baseball with the sky over my head And it was just the greatest moment. (laughs) For those of you who've listened to some of my previous episodes, especially the one in Houston and Miami and basically any stadium that's got a roof 
or a retractable roof, I am not a fan. And when I have to watch a game with the roof over my head, I get cranky. So with only two games left, I was very happy that I was going to end this tour on a very high note. Now that that's out of the way, I can play this incredibly fun interview that I did with Vicky and her boyfriend, Josh. These two kids were in no way, shape, or form baseball fans before they showed up to this game. And I think myself and our other seatmates may have sparked a little bit of interest. And hopefully, they'll be coming back sometime soon. <laughs> You're going to hear right off the bat that Vicky was playfully ribbing Josh throughout the interview and not wanting him to sound like he was a baseball fan, basically saying, look, don't pretend like you're a baseball fan because you're getting interviewed by this guy. <laughs> but uh, it was all in fun, and we were all having a good time. So with that being said, I'll see you on the other side where we'll talk a little bit more about the Rogers Center. There's a lot more that I want to touch on. But for now, please enjoy. So I am standing inside of the beautiful Rogers Center after a great Jays win, and I'm with... Vicky. And Josh. Vicky and Josh. Now, these are two young teenagers that I just met, and... Excuse me? Hooligans. Yeah, a couple of hooligans, because they have never been to a Major League Baseball game, or have you been to any baseball game, or is this... I've never been to a single sports show ever. (laughs) This is ludicrous, but for the entire nine innings, or you guys got here a little bit late, so for about seven innings, we were having a good time teaching you the game, and, and it sounded like you were having a good time, but tell me, what did you think of your first ever experience at a baseball game? Um, it was a little bit weird because I wasn't expecting the, the kind of cultish collectivism movement that goes on. It's, it's, I actually expected to kind of sit among strangers. It's like being at a movie theater or something. But everyone was like just really open to talk to you and stuff. And the game was interesting because I never got to appreciate it as a sort of chess game. I used to think it was just kind of like hit or miss. But there is kind of a strategy and mathematics to it. So that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. Josh, do you? I just enjoy the uh, friendliness of the people, and everyone was open. And like, no, it's true, and like, yeah. it's not the same. And like hockey games and stuff, everyone's always yelling a lot and stuff. But uh, <laughs> this is a sports. lot more. Okay. He's a uh, liar. <laughs> this is a lot more open. It's nice, yeah. So. He wanted to go home and watch physics the whole time. He's no. like, "Can we go home and watch lectures?" And I'm yeah, like, sure. "No." We're... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also think it was it's ridiculous how much money gets poured into the sport, but uh, I guess people are paying for it, so. It, there is, oh, you are pay, you're getting what you pay for in a sense, but at the same time, like, I think it could be well more funded in towards things like infrastructure and at least forced, like, parts of it. Like, portions of it should be put into more, like, concrete causes than just en- entertainment, I think. Sure, that's fair enough. I can understand that argument. But just going back real quick to what you're talking yeah. about, about the kind of the collectivism nature of yeah. coming to a ball game, that's one thing that I actually really love about yeah. coming here is how open and friendly and how this oh, yeah. is, it's, it's, a, it's our own little community here that we have. And, you know, there's a stadium in St. Louis, Missouri, in the States, and they told me when I went to visit them that every time there's a home game, that stadium is the fifth largest city in the state. They have 44,000 people that will come and sit in that stadium every time there's a home game. So it's almost like they've got their own community, their own city, yeah. and everybody interacts with each other and everybody enjoys each other's company. You were saying at hockey, there's a lot of yelling, there's a lot of screaming. You can't really take your eyes off the field. Just anger. 
But yeah. I was listening, and you were having some great conversations with uh, some of our other seatmates about music and about just life yeah. and about politics and whatnot. And baseball kind of allows for you to sit and enjoy the game, but also meet and, 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 and talk to interesting people. I understand that people not only come here for the game now, but more so for the experience. It's kind of cool. I mean, I didn't think, first of all, I didn't think I'd have a Radiohead fan sitting in front of me. I didn't think that you guys would convince this guy to get ice cream, yeah. <laughs> and, which was great. And I didn't think I would get an education from complete strangers, which was really cool. And I didn't, I could see why people would come just for the experience alone, just kind of to, to feel connected over something. I feel like people like to bond over things because you walk by people on the street every day and they're complete and utter strangers and there's never any effort to like bridge the gap. At sports games, it's a lot easier because there's a common interest already instituted there. You're there for the game, so it's easier. Well, and like you said, you know, one of the things, you, you said something perfectly that I've said many times, that when you're going to a theater or a movie or a show, yeah. you just kind of sit with strangers. Sure, yeah. you're, you might be with thousands of people, but you're all looking at the same thing. You're not making eye contact with each other. You're not talking to each other. This, even more so than football and hockey and, and, and basketball, baseball allows for you to have conversations with each other and break break through that stranger, break through that that completely. Uh, like I said, I, I did know you you two before coming here, and now we've had these lovely conversations, and it's nice, you know. It's you get to, to hang out, like just to hang out and uh, chill with your friends is good. So I understand, you know, you're not going to go run home and watch SportsCenter and watch all the I clips. I'm tempted on. to see your favorite player, though. I want to see how aggressive he is at bat, but that's... As she's talking about Miguel Cabrera, we were talking a little bit about the Triple Crown winner. Actually, tonight he hit his 43rd home run. Um, yes, it's it's he's he's quite a, a, a fun player to watch. Yeah. Um, but what do you think? So do you think you're ever going to come back to a baseball game? I might just because I would come back for the experience and also because for most sports, like I enjoy watching football just because I like the breakaways. I like the excitement of it. Um, Baseball never found it all that exciting, but I like the mentality of it, the fact that there's team sacrifice. Like, I feel like a lot of, like, basketball games, it's all, like, people will, like, willingly be selfish for their team just for the glory of he sunk that ball and stuff like that because there's this whole commotion. With this, it's more you want that... If it's not you, then you want someone on your team to have that glory and you're willing to put that down. So that's something I admire a bit. But... I still think baseball players are kind of douchey because yeah. they're all rich pricks. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I can't argue with uh, I could argue with that, but we won't get into that right <laughs> okay. now. Uh, and how about you? Do you think you'd ever come back to a game? Um, I would enjoy it. It's not really a nice place to hang out. The only problem is uh, tuition. And uh, I don't think it's... Uh, yeah. 14 grand a year for his yeah. program alone. Expenses are a little bit too much for sports games, I find. But um, otherwise, it was it was a lovely time, and like I would enjoy it. He sounds... But. This, he doesn't talk like this in real life. This is his, you know, Apparently why do you sound so formal? You're allowed to be honest here. What's no, it's all right. It's all right. This, this is all a bit You're overwhelming. I just, I, I know, I just shoved a microphone in your face. And, you know, this is, I understand. This is, this is, this is, you were not expecting this a couple of hours ago. So, okay. We'll wrap it up with basically just this. For your entire evening, tell me the one thing that you're going to take away from just your entire evening here. So where a couple years from now, basically one of my favorite questions to ask when I interview people is, what was your first memory inside of a ballpark? And most people will tell me when they were five or six years old or whatever, and they have that one thing that just sticks out to them, whether it be seeing how big it looked, you know, when they first walked in or, or seeing their favorite player in real life as opposed to on TV. For you guys, a little bit different. You never really watched it on TV. So in 20 years from now, what do you think the one thing that you'll say, oh, man, I remember when we went to that Blue Jays game and X happened? This is, this is, this is going to disappoint you completely, but I had my first churro. 
and they're amazing. It's like That's fried okay. sugar. It's so good. I would come here. I would pay for the overpriced food because it's so greasy goodness. It's it's indulgence. And you know what? And I'm not gonna be disappointed because that is part of the entire experience together. Yeah. It's the food. It's the because there's other ballparks that you go to that have games that you can play. That have Ferris wheels. That have carousels. That oh, have mini golf. Ice cream. That. I had, a mini helmet, yes. I had a, I scream out of a helmet. This is the cutest freaking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. So that will be, I think that's the best spent, the, the best seven bucks I've ever spent. I could probably buy a pinch of ice cream for that, but yeah. <laughs> but you got yourself a little mini helmet. I got 30 of them, so believe me, it, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool thing. And how about money, you? Man. <laughs> It's your money, man. I mean, it's my money, but it's my experience too. I mean, it, this is this is like I said. This has been three months of my life that I've taken out, and I want a little bit some memories. And so, forgettable. These are like souvenirs. It's awesome. Exactly. I mean, I have a nice little case for them in my house, and Aww. yeah. So I'm gonna make it look Aww, nice. Oh, that's so cute. Oh my god. <laughs> and how about you? The one thing you're gonna remember? Uh, it's probably the same like the openness thing. I really like the architecture of the buildings, but I like the fact that you're right on the field when you're sitting, and like as opposed to other. Or like hockey games and stuff, which is only the sports events I've been to. Like you're separated from the players. This it's like really close to them, and it's just nice. It's not it's not as formal, right? Like it's yeah. like yeah, you're I just would enjoying. I revise to like the hotel built into the stadium where you, there are people <laughs> that, cool. that have rooms can just watch the entire game. That's awesome. That is very cool. Well, I really appreciate you guys talking to me today. Thank it's been you so really much. fun. What's your name again? My name is Manish Jane. Awesome. I will check out your website, roundy3rd.net. There you go. And she gave me a little plug at the end of there. Thank right. you so much. Yep, there you go. <laughs> and we're back. So as you can tell, these were a couple of kids who had some very specific ideas of what they thought sports fans were all about and I guess we may have even just for the moment been able to enlighten them and and open their minds a little bit and change their 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 minds about what baseball fans at least truly are there were a couple things that Vicky and Josh brought up that I wanted to touch on about what is I think keeping non-baseball fans away from the ballpark I haven't really touched on at all the prices at the ballpark as far as the ticket prices, the parking prices, the food, etc. Just how expensive it is to go to a game. That's well-trod territory. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're a baseball fan, chances are you know how expensive it is. You don't need to hear me complain about how expensive ball games are. But I think the problem is that a lot of times we talk about the prices and how it's keeping the average fan away from the game. And that's absolutely true. The average fan cannot afford to buy tickets to many ballparks, or at least tickets anywhere close to the field. Sure, you can get the discounted seats or the the nosebleed seats and the the all-you-can-eat buffet seats if you spend X amount of dollars on this, that, or the other thing, whatever deals your, your home ballpark may have. But the seats that, for instance, we were sitting at here at the Rogers Center there weren't very many average baseball fans sitting around me. There were mainly season ticket holders or corporate guys or people who had bought their tickets uh, on the secondary market. What I don't hear enough about is that the, the high ticket prices and the high food prices and just how expensive it is to go to a game, it's not keeping average people away. It's not keeping baseball fans away. It's stopping the game from growing because why on earth would someone who has no interest in baseball spend that much money on something that they don't know if they're going to like. Why on earth would... So these two young kids got these tickets for free. 
that's the only way that you're going to bring non-baseball fans to the ballpark if somebody else buys the tickets for them. Who knows? Maybe these two kids are going to become the world's biggest baseball fans and they're going to buy season tickets for the rest of their life. I'm not sure. Probably not. But you never know. I know that my brother-in-law, who went to his first baseball game earlier this year, will absolutely be going to more in the coming seasons. So that's, that's the biggest problem right now with how expensive ticket prices are. It's not keeping the average fan away. It's not keeping the diehards away. It's not keeping all that. Look, at the end of the day, the demographics of the ballpark are getting older. I know. <laughs> I mean, if anybody else can, can challenge me on this, please, I'd be, I'd be happy to talk to you about this. But I've now seen a game at 29 stadiums out of 30. I got one more to go, and it's Fenway Park. And I'm pretty sure that the demographics of Fenway are just as old, if not older, than the rest of the stadiums. When I look around the ballpark, I don't see a lot of teenagers or 20-somethings or even 30-somethings. I see a lot of 50, 60, 70-plus-year-old people. If we don't figure out a way to bring newbies to the ballpark, we're going to age out of the game. Generations are going to go by, and young kids aren't going to be coming out to the ballpark anymore because they can't afford it. Ball games are already looked at as an extravagance, as a special occasion, as a birthday present or a wedding gift. I've met several people, several people, whose spouse bought them the ticket to the game that they were attending because it was their anniversary or birthday or some special occasion. Going to a ball game should not be a special occasion because there's something else. Going to a ball game should be the reason you're going out. Going to a ball game should just be something you do on a Friday night. Going to a ball game should be something that you just do on a random Tuesday night. Guess what? We play this game seven days a week. It's always happening. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to just walk up and buy a ticket to a Thursday game, a Wednesday game, a Tuesday game. But sadly, those days are, are getting further and further behind us. Because as you can see on RoundingThird.net, the ticket prices that I've been paying for the seats that I've been sitting in are closer to triple digits than they are single. And you know what happens when newbies come to the game for the first time? They get it. And I mean they get it right away. If you listen to my White Sox episode with my brother-in-law, and now you've listened to this episode with Vicky and Josh, it is incredible to me how quickly everybody picks up on what makes going to a ball game so unbelievably amazing. The chess match, the intellectualness of the game on the field, the connecting with your fellow man, the conversations, the food, the atmosphere, the environment, everything about it. It's, it's amazing. I mean, both, both uh, Shakti, my brother-in-law, and now Vicky and Josh, they're talking like they've been going to games their entire life. They hit the nail completely on the head. They know why the game is amazing. And it only took them one game. That's it. It took them one game to realize how much fun this game could truly be. Lower the ticket prices. More people will come out. Still charge the same for food? Fine. Charge the same for food and drinks and merchandise. Jack those prices up. Give you an $8, $10, $12 beer. You got to make money. I get it. But there should never be empty seats at a baseball game. Let's get some new fans in, and let's continue this great sport of ours. The other thing that I wanted to mention, which Vicky uh, brought up, was the hotel 
at the Rogers Center. This is something that I, I wish, I, I'm actually incredibly disappointed in myself that I did not look into staying a night at the hotel that is located inside the Rogers Center. You can actually see onto the field. If you get a room, if you're lucky enough to get a room in that hotel, you have a field view. You can just sit on your bed, open up the window. You can just you can sit there and watch the game from your hotel room. How amazing is that? And I was looking up the prices because I figured the reason why I didn't look into it is I figured the prices would be, you know, some astronomical, crazy six, seven hundred dollar fee. The guy sitting next to me tells me, no, 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 you can get it for you can get one for 150, 200 bucks, depending on the night. If it's not a high ticket game or there's not a convention in town or, you know, just if it's a regular Wednesday game, you could you can get one for 150, 200, which believe it or not, is is about average for a hotel price in Toronto to begin with. If you want to stay in a hotel in downtown Toronto, it's going to cost you two, three hundred bucks and you're not going to get a great view of a baseball field. So to wrap it up, let me just say, Roger Center, I, I do. I like you quite a bit. I like you more than I thought I was going to like you. The CN Tower being next door is quite spectacular. When the roof opened up, I got to see first the base of the CN Tower and then to see it all lit up in its majestic glory as the night wore on and, and the darkness came was, was pretty beautiful. You got to get rid of the AstroTurf. You got to put, just put a picture of Joe Carter up somewhere. You don't need to erect a statue. Just let us know that you care at all that you got to win two World Series in the 90s because there's a lot of teams that would love to have a couple of rings. Thank you so much for opening up your roof for me. I am forever grateful for you doing that. The fans that I met there, I'm telling you, I it was just a nonstop conversation from first pitch to final out. I'm getting towards the end of my tour and getting tired and getting my body starting to break down, but I met so many great people who reinvigorated me and reminded me why it is that I'm doing this tour in the first place. And Oh yeah, I got to watch some pretty great baseball as well. Toronto, you're a lovely city. You've got some great fans. Hopefully you're going to have some great new fans. If we could just update your stadium just a bit, or better yet, Maybe move to a new stadium, a baseball-only stadium, one that's got some natural grass, no roof. That might be a long shot. But for now, Toronto, you're doing a pretty good job of representing your country well. That's going to end the international leg of my tour. I get to put my passport away. And I am heading back to the United States of America to watch my final game on my 30-stadium tour across this great land of ours. I cannot believe it's almost over. One more stadium to go. The Boston Red Sox and Fenway Park. You're going to have to tune in to the next episode to hear all about my time at baseball's oldest stadium. But if you are dying to hear more from me, as always, please go check out roundingthird.net where you can see write-ups and photos of all the stadiums I've been to thus far. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at roundingthirdmj. Shoot me an email, roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe you disagree with me about the Rogers Center. Maybe there's things that I brought up about the Rogers Center that you think I'm dead wrong about. Please tell me. Let me know if, if, if you disagree. I'd love to hear it. Blake White. 
What more can I say about you, brother? You are fantastic. The intro and outro music that you recorded for me, I am forever grateful. Please go to iTunes, Blake White, more like myself, put it in the search bar, buy the album, have a good time. Icarus Ronan, thank you for the help on the web design. Thank you for the help with everything you did and helping me plan this tour. Krishna Jane, I am forever grateful to you for editing my photos. I'm not sure people realize how many photos that I've been taking during this this tour. I haven't counted them all yet, but it's going to be upwards of 30,000. And Krishna has been there every step of the way, editing them, narrowing them down so that you people can enjoy just the best of the best. That is all thanks to Krishna Jane. So if you like those pictures at all, it is exclusively because of Krishna Jane. I want to thank every single one of you for for downloading and listening to this episode. (laughs) There's one more to go. That's it. One more to go. So I hope you'll join me next time as I continue to round third, heading for home. Third with Manish Jane.